0: Just before I start tonight, I'd like to say thanks to the Dean of the Chapel, the Reverend Dr. Jim Lowe. You have a wonderful Dean and uh, staff, so we thank God for him. Can we show our appreciation for Dr. Lowe and his staff, and of course the worship team, they have been phenomenal. Dr. Dennis and Alan and the entire team. They have done a wonderful job. Come on, let's show our appreciation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise be to God. We salute their commitment and their dedication. And of course, this wonderful university, Dr. Wright serving as president and all the others serving in their various capacities, we give God thanks for IWU. This is a great place to be. We give God praise. Well, I was going to share one message tonight, and just before I came to this auditorium, the Lord said, you need to change it. So I like when the Lord does that. <laughs> he has something special in store. And so if you have your Bibles tonight, would you turn with me to the book of Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 43 And we'll be reading tonight from verse 18 to verse 21. Isaiah 43, reading from verse 18 to verse 21. Hear the word of the Lord. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old, behold I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers. In the desert, <laughs> to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. For a few moments tonight, I'd like to speak to you on the subject, God's new thing. In other words, God is getting ready to do a new thing here at IWU. Are you ready for it? Can you just nudge your neighbor and say God's new thing? Uh Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. And so I'm taking you back to Brooklyn tonight. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so we're going to have what we call a call and response. When I preach, you respond. When I say something you agree with, you respond. If you don't agree, just say nothing. (laughs) God's new thing. I sense in my heart that God is getting ready to do a a new thing. I said a new thing. I said a new thing. I was going to preach on something else, but the Lord said, no, not that. Preach on Isaiah. So it must mean that he is getting ready to do something special on this campus. And guess what? It's going to start with you. I said it's going to start with you. It's going to start with you. Blessed be God. Uh, You ought to be excited tonight because when God gets ready to do something, God does it big and God does it grand. God does nothing small. Whatever he does, he does on a large scale because he is a great and mighty God. The God we serve is a mighty God. Would you give him praise and glory in this house? Blessed be God. And so tonight, God's new thing. I want to thank God for his word. His word is a lamp unto our feet and light to our path. I want you to know tonight that the word of God is important. It is so important that the Bible says that God reveres his word even above his name. Uh, friends, what does that mean? It simply means whatever God says, He is obligated to perform. If God says it, first of all, He is able to do it. If you believe it, would we'll just say Amen. There are some people who say things that they are not able to perform. But, friends, if God says it, then that ought to settle it because He is well able to bring it to pass. And if God says, Give him some praise. Yes, yes, yes. Give him some praise. He is worthy. I said he is worthy. I said he is worthy. This is the last service, so we're letting it all out. He is worthy. You can take a break tomorrow, but he is worthy tonight. Give him praise and glory. And so three thoughts in reference to God's new thing. Point number one, the promise of God's new thing. In the book of Isaiah chapter 43, he encourages us in his word, remember ye not the former things? I want you to know if God makes a promise, he is well able to perform it. Amen, somebody. And so he challenges his people, remember ye not? Don't you remember the things that I have done In the past, he says, even though I worked miraculously in the past, he says, behold, in verse 19, I will do a new thing. I give God praise that in these words we find a seed of hope. And I want to thank God for hope. You see, my friends, hope is not just merely a word, but hope is a person. Uh, My hope Is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. I want you to know hope is a person, and his name is Jesus, the very one. Give him praise in this house. Oh, we thank God for Jesus, the very one who died and rose again and declared, "All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth." My hope is in Jesus. Is your hope in Jesus tonight? I want you to know he lives. I said 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 he lives. Our Savior lives. And not only does he live, but he reigns. He sits at the Father's right hand. All power has been given unto him. It is this one who has made the promise. And whatever he has promised, he is well able to perform. Let the church say amen. And so his promise is simply this. He says, what I am going to do, will transcend the things of the past. When he says in Isaiah 43, verse 18, remember ye not the former things, he is challenging the children of Israel to remember their liberation. For 400 years, the children of Israel were under the whip and the lash of the Egyptians. They had no freedom. They were slaves And they hated it. They cried out to God. God raised up a deliverer by the name of Moses. And God said to Moses, you go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, I am that I am have sent me to you. You are to let my people go. Well, you know the story because many of you have read the scripture. Friends, Pharaoh did not want to let them go, but the Lord brought a mighty deliverance to the children of Israel. And I want you to know what God has done in the past. He is able to do in the present. Just as God brought his people out, even so God is able to bring you out. I do not know what prisons you might be in. I do not know what giants may stand before you. But I've come to let you know that you have a mighty God. You have a God who is able. I said, he is able. I said, he is able. And what he has done in the past, he will do for you. If you believe it, would you shout amen? He brought them out of the miry clay, set their feet on a rock to stay, put a song in their soul today a song of praise hallelujah when god brings you out he gives you a song anybody got a song tonight I said, when God saves you, he puts a song in your soul. Somebody said, I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know that he watches over me. Somebody said, redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child and forever. I am. Somebody said leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms, safe and secure from all alarm. God gives you a song. You need to check in your soul and check in your spirit to see what song is there. Is there a song in your heart tonight? Oh, Holy Spirit, rain down. Rain down. Let your power fall. Let your voice be heard. Come and touch our hearts as we listen to your word. Rain, Lord, rain. Spirit, rain down. I want to thank God that we can sing because we have been delivered. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I want to thank God that there is power in the blood. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There is power, wonder-working power in the blood. If you know it to be true, would you give him praise and glory in this house? Nudge your neighbor and say, he set me free. Oh, yes, he did. Yes, he did for me. It happened at the age of 12, just as the children were brought out. Even so, he brought me out. Has he brought anybody out here tonight? Has he delivered anybody tonight? Is there anybody that can talk about once being bound by sin? Once I was chained by sin's galling fetters, chained like a slave. I struggled in vain, but I've received a glorious freedom when Jesus broke my fetters in twain. Glorious freedom, wonderful freedom. Anybody free in Indiana tonight? I said, anybody free in this auditorium tonight? I thank God for his liberating power, and the church says. But not only did he bring them out of Egypt, I want you to know that he preserved them when they went through the wilderness. You know, God is able to keep you anywhere. Yes, he is. I said, God is able to keep you even at school, even at university. I spent six years in the United States Army, and some people said, Graham, I give you five weeks. But I spent six years. I went in saved and came out sanctified. God is able. I said, God is able to keep that which we commit Unto him he preserved them in the wilderness. My youngest brother was involved in the first Iraqi war. And you know the story how many have come back maimed and bodies not what it should be. And we pray for our veterans, amen? And we pray, we pray for them. We pray, oh God, help them, help the system. But friends, my brother went in in one piece and came out in one piece because God is able to preserve. In the midst of war, he is able to preserve you. Amen, somebody. And I want you to know that we are at war. There is a war being fought right now. It's a spiritual war, but the Lord is able to preserve you. Can somebody say preserve? Oh, blessed be God. God is able to preserve our young men. And God is able to preserve our young women. Can somebody say preserved? Just because others around you may be falling, it doesn't mean that you have to fall. If you put your hand in the hands of the man who still the waters, he will keep you from falling. If you believe it, would you say amen? So there's liberation And then there's preservation. But then there is occupation. We see where these people, the children of Israel, God brought them out of Egypt. And friends, they would go in in time into the land of Canaan. And they would possess fields that they did not plant. And they would reap crops that they did not till the soil for my friends, they were able to occupy. And you know what we must be willing to do? Occupy. Two thoughts here quickly. Well, we need to occupy until the master returns. That means we ought to be involved. We ought to be engaged in the work of ministry. You find something to do. Even while you are are on campus, you can still be actively serving the Lord. Occupy. But the second thing is, we need to take territory. We need to recognize that God has raised us up to be witnesses. Tell people what Jesus Christ has done for you. Tell them your story. You ought to have a story. You ought to be able to account how he has brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Tell your story. Talk about how you were once bound. But now you're free. Tell them about how you were once chained. But now those chains have been severed. Tell your story. So that that brother, that sister, that roommate, that classmate who does not know Christ will see Christ in you and hear Christ in you. Tell your story. Occupy until he comes. And so the word says, remember ye not? And then he says, behold, I will do a new thing. He is saying here, what I'm going to do will transcend the things of the past. If you thought you saw God work in the past, I want you to look out. He is going to do something bigger. I said, if you thought you saw God work in lives, listen, keep serving him. Keep thirsty for him, because as you remain thirsty, he will reveal his power in you and through you. What he is going to do is going to transcend the past. So I've come to say to you tonight that your best years are ahead of you and not behind you. Can you receive that tonight? That God has something special ahead of you, and you are to continue pursuing him. And as you do that, what he has for you will come to you in due season. And so, my friends, the promise of God's new thing, he says it's going to transcend the past, but that's not all. This new thing will transform the present. This was the promise that God gave to his people. Isaiah 43, in verse 14 through 17, this is what we read. Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I have sent to Babylon and have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans. And the word goes on in verse 15. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator, your King. What he says I'm going to do, he says it's going to transform the present. This is what he says. Listen. I will do a new thing. It shall spring forth. He speaks here of a spontaneous work. I want you to know that when God gets ready to work, just like that. Just like that. That's why the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye, as just as you blinked just now, you will go from one world into another world. Isn't that amazing? It takes a millisecond to blink. And he says, that's how quick the change will come. Hear the word in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. The last trump will sound. The dead in Christ shall rise. And those of us who are alive and remain, we shall be caught up to meet him in the air. Lord, how long will it take? In a moment. In a moment, the work that God is going to do is spontaneous. Listen, God is able to sever any chain. What it will take a seven-step program to do, God is able to do in a moment. The alcoholic, the drug addict, the one addicted to meth and to coke and to heroin, involved in all kinds of programs, and they find themselves still struggling with the addiction when they come to Jesus Christ. In a moment, he is able to sever that chain. If you believe it, would you give him praise and glory in this house? He says, the new thing I'm going to do, it's going to be a spontaneous work. I will do a new thing. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I thank God for the new thing that he is able to do. And so for each and every one of us, we can have that hope within us that God's new thing can happen in me today that God's new thing can happen for me today. Yes, my friends, expectation. As believers, we need to hold on to brother expectation. Keep it close, keep it near. When you pray, pray with expectation. When I pray for the sick, I expect God to do something. And friends, over and over he does. I was telling someone just today, I went to Australia to minister at the district conferences for three districts. And when I got there, Mr. Keith Murray, the secretary for the Wesleyan Methodist Church in Australia, had a severe heart condition. His condition was so acute that it took him a very long time to get out of bed in the morning one Friday night. We were having a service, and I said, is there any anointing oil? Bring the oil. And Keith Murray was anointed. And friends, just like that, instantly healed. Just like that, instantly healed. That brother came back the next day. He said, Dr. Graham, you would not believe. He said, it would take me so long in the morning to get out of bed. He said, but this morning I just got right up. I said, go to the doctor and let the doctor attest to what you think has happened. And I have that man's testimony on tape. He is now dead. He has gone on to be with the Lord. But I have his testimony on tape that God did something for his heart that night. Because we serve a God who is able to do the spontaneous. If you believe it, would you give him praise and glory? And I know that people can say things that at times you wonder, is this really true? Well, the person that works with Dr. Lyons, Dr. Joanne Lyons, Brother Wayne, he was there with me in Australia and would attest to that testimony. So if you see him, you ask him, and he'll tell you it's true. God is able. I said God is able. I said God is able. But the tragedy is, so many times we find ourselves in situations where nothing happens, where we go to church, and it's just three songs, and some announcements, and the pastor preaches a dry message, and the church is dying, and we go back home. And so we think, well, this is what it's like. Listen, the God we serve is a greater and a mighty God, and just because nothing may be happening where you come from, it does not mean that nothing happens in the church. If you have faith in your God, he will work for you. If you believe it, would you say Amen. I'm telling you tonight, there is more. But you've got to get thirsty. He says tonight, I will do a spontaneous work. I will do a new thing, and it shall spring forth. He speaks of spontaneity, but that's not all. He speaks of creativity. Isaiah 43, 19, hear the word. I will make a way in the wilderness. In the wilderness in places where it's dry and death is prevalent, he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a way. I'm so glad he says that because it's in the dry places of our lives. It's in those areas where nothing is happening that God wants to do something. And friends, when he does it, you give him the praise and you give him the glory. When he opens the door and makes a way, you testify it is the doing of the Lord and his doing alone. What he has done for them, he will do for you. He says, I will make a way. Anybody needs God to make a way. Anybody needs God to open a door. Anybody needs God to fix some stuff. Anybody needs God to come through. What he has done for them, he will do for you. Can you receive that tonight? That God will open a door. That God will do a new thing for you. If you believe it, would you say amen? amen? He says it's going to be a creative work. Have you ever seen a creative miracle? Oh, my friends. The God who made us is able to fix us. Amen? Yes. Yes. He is able. I went to India to minister. Dr. Earl Wilson traveled along and the others. And there with Dr. Lal Pulante, we were in this particular place. And I give God praise because some creative miracles began to occur. One Indian woman came forward, and her leg was twisted like this. She walked and dragged her leg. We anointed her with oil and prayed that God would touch that leg. And that leg that was like this, God is able. I said, God is able. We stayed at the home of Dr. Lyle Pulante. And when we had closed the service and went to the house and went to our rooms, I took someone from my church with me. Dr. Polanti called Dr. Graham, come, because the people left the camp. They came to his house, and they said, we still need prayer. And so we continued to pray late into the night for those who had come. The God we serve is a great and mighty God. Can you give him some praise in this house tonight? He says, the new thing I'm going to do, it's going to be spontaneous. It's going to be creative. But then he says, it's going to be productive. Observe the word, Isaiah 43, 20. He says, I will give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The God we serve is amazing. Places that are dry nothing seems to be happening God is able to plant a seed God is able to release water and in due season where nothing was happening something begins to happen and this is what's happening in the city in Brooklyn out of one church there are now four churches where nothing was happening, in the East New York community, in the middle of the day, the prostitutes would walk without anything covering their chest. The things were so bad. It was so bad. When I would be driving down the street, taking my children to church, when we got to a particular corner, I would have to tell them, bow down your head. The devil reigned and ruled. The young women were prostitutes. Many of the young men selling drugs. They told us, why do you want to go to East New York? Haven't you heard? That's the place where cars are ripped off in the middle of the day. And buildings are set on fire in the middle of the day. Are you sure you want to go? East New York, but it's places where the devil is in charge that the church needs to go. It's in places where it's dark that we need to take the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want you to know the streets have changed. The community has changed. Because there is a church that preaches about one person, Jesus. My message is not about philosophy. It's not about psychology. It's not about any ideology. But it's about a person who died and who rose again and who now lives. His name is. Can somebody say his name? Can somebody say his name? Don't you know there is healing in that name? Don't you know there is deliverance in that name? I thank God for Jesus. I said, Jesus. I said, Jesus. I went to India, and in India I stood before over 2,000 people, and I said, Muhammad is dead. at the end of the service, an Indian man came to me and said, Sir, do you know where you are? <laughs> but I am a preacher of truth and a declarer of righteousness, and Muhammad is dead, but Jesus is alive. Come on, he lives. Would you give him praise in this house tonight? He lives. I said he lives. How do you know he lives? How do you know he lives? He lives within my heart. Amen. Can I preach a little more? Because I know my time is running out. Spontaneity, creativity, productivity in places that are dry. He says, I will allow the rivers to flow. Some of you sitting here tonight, God is going to arrest you in such a powerful way. You're going to go to some places in your community that's dry. When I was in Russia, one woman was talking about how her church loves to send ministry overseas. I said, what about the city? Some of you come from places and God is going to touch your heart and he's going to give you a heart for the city. And in those places where people normally don't go, he's going to give you the strength to go. I have discovered that in the city, people need the Lord. Red or yellow, white or black, people need the Lord. And for 24 years, we have been in East New York. You talk about inner city. There is no more inner than where we are. We are in the middle. And listen to this. We have prayer meetings that start at 12 o'clock and go at times to 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning and the doors of the church are open and we have never ever had anybody walk in wanting to stick us up or take anything from us you know why because the angels of the lord encampeth around them that fear him and you have no need to fear going to the city because the god of the suburbs is the god of the city and if he protects you here he will protect you in the city if you believe it give him praise and glory Oh, my, this is just point number one. (laughs) And I'm going to stop. If you want to hear more, you'll come to Brooklyn. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I invite you all to come to Brooklyn. And I got a place for each of you to stay. Don't worry about it. You'll all stay in the church. (laughs) God is at work. I said, God is at work. I said, God is at work. We are in the latter day. And I believe that God is raising up a mighty army of young men and young women who will take this gospel to the corners of the earth. God is going to use you. You. He is going to use you. That's why he has placed you here. And have you connecting with men like Dr. Jim Lowe, who have been to Cambodia and all over the world. And he will impart the truth of God. That's why you are here. So that you can rub shoulders with men like Wilbur Williams. Oh, you don't know Dr. Williams. (laughs) Oh, you're in a good place. You're going to grow spiritually. And God wants you to grow because he has an assignment. For you to complete. And listen to this. Nobody can do your job. So there's no need to be envious of anyone. Amen? Because God has something for each and every one of you to do. Allow him to do his new thing in you. The promise. The promise will be fulfilled when you make yourself available. For God to do his new thing in you. So the question is this. Are you available? Are you available for God's new thing? Because what he's going to challenge you to do is to stop looking back and start looking forward. What he's going to challenge you to understand is that he wants to change you. The change will begin in you. Your thirst must intensify for him. One of the reasons why pastors fall and leaders fail is because after a while they become complacent. There is no room for complacency in God. We all must remain thirsty for him and the church says are you available tonight for God's new thing if you are would you stand right where you are I'm available Lord I'm available my brother is playing softly praise be to God Dr. Lowe is coming I am available I'm going to pray with you and then I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Lowe Would you take your neighbor by the hand? We are a family. The songwriter says, I'm so glad I belong to the family of God. Father, we thank you. You spoke to us very clearly tonight about God's new thing. And Father, we recognize that it does not matter how long we have been saved. It does not matter what position we may occupy or what title we may have before and after our name. Lord, we recognize that when we walk with you, It's a stretching experience. And we must remain thirsty for you. And even as we remain thirsty, you come in moments like these. And you bring into effect the new thing. For some, it's the call to higher ground. For some, it's the call to ministry. For each and every person here, the new thing may be different, but it's personal. And so, Father, tonight, the students, the adults in this auditorium, they stand as an indicator that they are ready that they are open to your new thing. Lord, bring it to pass. Make it a reality. Let these students walk away from this summit and say, it was at summit that God spoke to me, that God confirmed to me, that God dealt with me. Let this be a defining moment in the hearts and lives of these, your people. This we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And the church says,